Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. All of you have been uh, hearing from the Word of God as we continue our series. Uh, of course, our, uh, uh, you know, the verse that we've been talking about is from the book of Isaiah. So if you would open up with me, let's take a look at that. The title that I've given my message today is going to be Jesus, Our Father Forever. And that's exactly what my message is, you know, just, just that. Jesus, Our Father Forever. Of course, we are looking at Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. If you want to open up your Bibles with me, we could uh, go through that here. Uh, of course, I also am happy to welcome each one of you that are here this morning to worship the Lord. And of course, many of the young people are come back from the colleges. So it's so nice to see everyone here as well. And as you know, many of us have been going through much, but uh, thank the Lord that we have a Father that we're able to call upon, a God who hears us when we call. And I know that each one of you have had that experience in your own personal life as you reflect back on all that has been happening here 2021, right? I don't know what 2022 holds. It is a crazy world out there, but thank God for the Word of God that encourages us every day. Amen? Amen. So as you are looking at this, um, I know uh, in the respect of time, I'm not going to um, you know, take much time to read through that, but I also want you to go with me to John chapter 1, verse 18. And if you have that, would you shout amen? John chapter 1, verse 18. I haven't heard an amen yet. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 18. It goes, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Amen? That is the message today. That's it. I'm done. See ya. <laughs> uh, you know, if you really understand that word, that's what we've been talking about, the everlasting Father. Of course, I'm going to be focusing in on from the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 9, verse 6, just on that portion only about the everlasting Father. And as you are able to read through this, isn't it so beautifully laid out for us? So in plain English language, Jesus Christ is declaring that I and my Father are one. And therefore, we have the understanding and the knowledge that indeed He is the everlasting Father that Isaiah the prophet is talking about. But, you know, I had trouble growing up uh, as a young person, in, you know, as I went through Sunday school. You know, when I read this word, it says everlasting father. And so I had to fight with myself to a great degree because if you think about it, all of us uh, growing up as uh, Christians, I think all of us are Christians, uh, you would have known that there is God the Father, right? 
dwells. God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. So how is it possible that Jesus that is referenced in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 is an everlasting father? So when I read that and our pastor had assigned this to us, it, it was a struggle trying to figure this out because I, I just couldn't concept, you know, put it in my head. How can we call Jesus a father? And let alone an everlasting father, right? So uh, I had to do a little bit of a dig, uh, dig a little deeper. And I came to the conclusion that it is really said very plainly all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament about how Jesus is truly a father to each one of us. Amen? Amen. So, you know, to uh, bring to that light a little bit more of the concept or the fact that indeed he is an everlasting father, would you go with me to Psalm 103? And we're going to see how it all unfolds so beautifully about his characteristics, about his title, and about how Jesus indeed is the everlasting father. But before we go there, I want to take a few minutes to kind of report or to look at the historical aspects about this verse in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And for that, you would need to now flip back a little bit or move forward a little bit, I should say, in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 8. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 22. I know I'm kind of taking you back and forth a little bit. I hope you don't get dizzy. Uh, but uh, if you look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 22, it reads, Then they will look towards the earth, and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Do you see that? Verse number 22. Yeah? Not a pretty picture, isn't it? It's talking about darkness and gloom. Man, just reading that makes me depressed. I'm telling you. But, you know, the Word of God is beautifully laying out something for us. He's preparing to tell you something is about to happen. And I love the way this word of God is so beautifully laid out. Check it out. Verse number one. Now go down just a little bit more to verse number one in the book, uh, in the chapter nine of this Isaiah chapter nine, verse one. Here you're going to find that it's talking about a place. It's the northernmost province of Israel where darkness and gloom had ruled for a very long time. The land of the two tribes of Israel, Zebulun and Naphtali. It is the northernmost part of Israel that had always been attacked by the kings or you know, the enemies that were coming in to, you know, take over Israel. And so it was that part of Israel that had always been attacked first. So geographically speaking, you're going to see that God had a plan as to why he placed Jesus in Galilee. Because you see, Galilee is actually located in the area called Neptali, which is, of course, a tribe of Israel. 
and you're going to find that in Galilee, there is a small, tiny little area called Nazareth. Isn't God's plans amazing of how he does things? And he's preparing to bring deliverance in this dark and gloom place that we read about. So the plan of God, go with me a little bit down to verse number four now. It says there's a reference to just as the days of Midian. So let's pause here for a minute here. Why is God talking about uh, just like the days of Midians? It takes you back to the story of Gideon. How many of us know the story of Gideon? There were three simple things that were used. What were they? An earthen jar, a torch, and a horn. You know, that kind of is very unconventional. Very weird to win a battle, isn't it? But I'm telling you that God has a plan and a place and a purpose in all that he does. He uses the very simple things. And so God is building this up, telling us and encouraging us. As you look at your own life, perhaps you may not have everything that the world has to offer. Maybe you just have a simple life. Maybe you just have simple things in your life. But God is asking you, look at your life. What do you have on your hands today? He can use whatever you have in your hands. Maybe in our earthen lives that we have God has placed this little bit of flicker little bit of light that he has placed in us and then we have the horn or the word of God and we proclaim that against enemies that come against us and what happens just as we see in the victory that Gideon had he will give us victory in our lives if we let the light that is in us to shine upon the enemies. And that is, of course, the word of God. It requires us to proclaim. And it, it, it requires us to perhaps even learn some of the memory verses. Here is where some of the memory verses that you have learned as a child comes into play. And you can, of course, declare, No weapon formed against me shall no weapon formed against me shall prosper, no matter what comes my way. And this is why the book of Isaiah is trying to tell us there is someone coming that is able to encourage us. And that is why we read about now the plan of God. Very unconventional, but nonetheless, that's what God does best. So you move on to now look at the verse number six where we are finally going to look at the person of Christ or the Messiah. And looking at that, it says right away that unto us a son is given. Unto us a child is born. It is indeed the most begotten son or the only begotten son of God who is presented here. Of course, he's representing the humanity of Christ and the divinity of Christ. This is a beautiful thing that each one of us bear in our lives, that in our humanness, God resides in each one of us. Amen? Who lives in us? He who is greater than he who is 
in this world, isn't it? Amen to that fact that he had not just said that it was just a little tiny little child, but he grew in wisdom and in power and strength. And that is the God that we are made aware of. That is the person that this verse is so beautifully talking about. So now let's go to Psalm 103. So we're now going to take a look at this mighty God, this wonderful counselor, and this prince of peace, and of course, the everlasting father. What does it say right away? You know, you have read this psalm many, many times, Psalm 103. And I love the way it is in Malayalam too, by the way. It always kind of rings in my head because I've had this psalm read in our house several times as a child growing up. And it, you know, it just brings back those memories of how beautifully it's been laid out. But look at verse number three. It says here, who forgives all your iniquities. Amen? I know it is a very you know, a common thing to many of us as, as Christians who have come to understand and to know what the Lord has done in each of our lives. And there's three primary things that are pointed out in this chapter or psalm. And the first one is, of course, he forgives completely. You know, some of us perhaps might still be walking around with a little bit of guilt, but I want you to know that you are washed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There isn't even iota of stain that is left out. There's no need to live in our guilt, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ, as he died on the cross, he poured out even to the very last drop of blood. For our sins. And it has been washed. There is no more stain. Yes it may have been as a color called crimson. Which is really hard to get rid of. You know the red color is perhaps one of the boldest colors that there is. And so sin is oftentimes referenced as that. But the Bible teaches us he makes it as white as snow amen and that is the belief that we have would you just lift your hands and praise him this morning if you have been redeemed if you have been washed by the blood of jesus christ this morning the second thing that it teaches us is that he gives graciously and look at verse number uh, eight here the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger abounding in his compassion you know when you think of a father you always think of someone who has compassion at least that's what we ought to be thinking of and that is what the word is teaching us here today that the father god has compassion upon his children and the third thing that we're going to read and to learn and to understand this word of Psalm 103 is that the Lord loves endlessly look at that verse number 17 here it says but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting isn't that what your Bible says yes amen amen his love is from everlasting to everlasting. So this psalm is a beautiful representation of the fact that indeed Jesus Christ indeed is the man who made it possible for all of what we enjoy, which is the forgiveness 
the generosity and the love and the compassion that we enjoy in God the Father. So in essence, what it is teaching us is that in Jesus, we truly see the love of God the Father. In Jesus, we see the graciousness and the compassionate nature of God. This is why we're able to say, I am saved. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Amen here this morning. Now go with me to John chapter 10 verse 38 again. But if I do what my father does, you should believe in what I do. So you see here so clearly Jesus is proclaiming that, hey, yes, there are many things that people say about me. But what do you say about me? Yes, indeed, many have confessed that indeed, Jesus, Lord, you are the Son of God. But I want to show you something here this morning as a demo. You know, a lot of times in uh, John chapter 10, if you go with me, you're going to find that, they, you know, Jesus was in a lot of trouble with the people around him, especially the Jewish folks who just was not happy that Jesus kept saying, I am God, and that I am, that I am, that I and my Father are one. The Jewish people or the Pharisees or the ruling class of the religious group weren't happy with that. So if you look at uh, chapter 10, verse number 22 on down, it says here that if you are Christ, tell us plainly. This is just ludicrous. That every single time Jesus would be about, about teaching, the Jewish people that were against what he stood for would come and challenge him. Because you know why? They're looking for a reason to get him killed. And so perhaps they are looking for that to happen in a public arena where they're going to accuse him of this, that, and the other. Or yet, better yet, they were so smart. They would ask these wonderful questions. And Jesus, of course, every single time would explain to them so purely and so beautifully, even perhaps through parables, and let them know and understand that he indeed he is the good shepherd. He indeed is the great Samaritan that came down that road of Jericho. And he indeed is God himself. As a matter of fact, what Jesus was doing a lot of times, it's a glass here, and of course I have a little bit of uh, water here as well. You know, this kind of reminds me of uh, a preacher once who had this podium, right? And he had this glass in there and he would be sipping every now and then and one day uh, his uh, congregation looked and it, it was uh, sort of, uh, you know, a little different color. And so uh, the uh, board asked him, hey, Pastor, are you drinking up there? He said, no, 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 no. What you have to know is that he did it again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it, I'm not doing, I'm not turning water into wine, okay? Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, if this were to reflect God or if this was to uh, represent God or Abba, the God Father, the Eternal Father. So notice there's a difference between Eternal Father and Everlasting Father. So if this was the Eternal Father, what God did was that he poured himself. Let me open this bottle. I should have kept this bottle open. But nonetheless, he poured himself into Jesus. 
Now, he sent Jesus into the world. And this is what Jesus has been trying to tell everyone. I am that father. But the Pharisees are continuously harassing him, says, show us the bottle, show us the bottle. Jesus is saying, I am the bottle. Look at this, I am that bottle. It's in me, I and my father are one. That is why the Bible teaches us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, come on, my friends. All of us know the word. Would you just complete those words with me? Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you have tasted the Lord in your lives this morning? How many of you have gone through so much scenarios? Isn't it so wonderful that you are able to stand up so boldly in all of your challenges that you go through in your life and say, I have tasted and seen that indeed my God is good in all your ways. And he will acknowledge you. Amen. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And he will direct your paths. Pastor, I'm not sure what's happening. But many of us don't know the words. I am. Come on now. <laughs> Would you complete the verse with me? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct my paths. We're not people who are lost. We have a direction in life. We see the light and he guides us. Yes, he came to the shepherds as a bright light. But he showed to the wise men a twinkling star in the midst of the darkness. What are you following? We are following this eternal God who sent his son Jesus Christ as a light into the darkness as we read through the book of Isaiah. Did you see how we were living in sin? He came into this darkness. He pierced into our lives and he was pierced for our transgressions. And upon him was the sin laid. Thank God for what the Lord has done in our lives. And I'm going to close with this. As you look so carefully at all that we have heard, isn't it so wonderful to know that indeed he was right in reporting the fact that I and my father are one. And it is because of the relationship that he had with his father God. And so if you look at the fact that perhaps, you know, each one of us have an earthly father. Some of us have had great experiences with our father. Some of us, not so great of, you know, an experience. Perhaps that may, there might be some who have not had a father in their lives. But it doesn't matter. Brothers and sisters, let's not use the experiences that we had living our lives in dealing with the father with the good, the bad, and the ugly, to be the determining factor of who God the Father is. Amen? You know, that shouldn't be our determining factor because uh, that is what the Bible is teaching us, that Jesus is good no matter 
what happens. It's a whole different perspective of relationship. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm not sure if the slides are working, actually. Uh, I was given a text that it's not. Uh, but I had a slide for you in the statistics of what is happening in the United States of America. I'll read that out to you. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, listen to this, 18.3 million children, one in four, live without a biological father, a stepfather, or an adoptive father in their homes. No wonder our country is going through what it is going through. Fathers are very, very, very important in the life of a child that's growing up. Fathers are very important. I know many of you sitting here are fathers. Many of us that are here as young people would be a father someday. It is important to get your direction straightened with the God, the Father, so that you too can be compassionate. You too can be loving. You too can be that wholesomeness that comes into a family. The statistics actually shows, I know we don't have the slide, but people are incarcerated. People are going into drugs, pornography, and everything else that they continue to live in sin because they don't have a father figure in the United States of America. As a matter of fact, it affects the economy to a great degree by not having a father. So it's important to have a father. Now, Peter in the New Testament, I'm going to close with the story, went through a challenge in his life. He loved his father, Christ, so as to speak. He was you know, taken to the cross, and he was killed. And Peter thought, that's it. I'm done. I'm leaving everything. I'm going back to fishing. And so that's what he did, right? Peter went back fishing. But you know, Jesus, after the resurrection, came by the Sea of Galilee. And what did he do? He made a little fire, and he put some fish on, I don't know how Jesus uses this technique. I don't know if he used pepper and all, you know, salt and all that good stuff. But nonetheless, Jesus made a little breakfast is what the Word of God tells us. It's in John 21, by the way, if you read that story. And you know, so beautifully, Jesus cries out to those that are fishing out there, Children, do you have anything to eat? Look at this love of this God. He knew that they had abandoned him, but he's calling them out by saying, Makale, 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 Makale. What does that mean? Children. And that is what God is calling out to each one of you today. And he's saying, Children, you may have run far away from me, but I am the everlasting Father. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am before Abraham was. And that is what qualifies him as the everlasting father 
Oh, this light has come to each of our lives. No more living in darkness. Light comes into our life when we submit to this everlasting Father. Ultimately, He is our hope. He is our hope in glory. He is the soon and coming King. God bless you with these words. Come, let's continue to worship Him. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.